Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode has been brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th of 2022 in Verona, Italy. This year will be an exclusively in-person edition. The main theme of the event will be all-round wine communication. Tickets are on sale now, so for more information, please visit us at winetowine.net. to another episode of On The Road Edition, hosted by Stevie Kim. Each week, she travels to incredible wine destinations, interviewing some of the Italian wine scene's most interesting personalities, talking about wines, the foods, as well as the incredible travel destinations. So, Wolfgang, we got here yesterday, and we did something fantastic which I hadn't done before. I don't know how many times you've done it, but would you like to tell our audience what that was all about? Yeah, so we went uh, uh, one hour north towards the border to Austria, or almost we got up the border to Austria yeah. in Val Ridnaun, Val Ridana, where, where the, uh, the valley ends. There's a historical mine from the Middle Age. It was a silver mine. It started about 800 years ago and it's not only a mine, it's also at 2,000 meters above sea level. So high altitude, low oxygen content. And in that mine, there is a gallery going in for four kilometers. We took a little mining yeah, train and it took us 20 minutes to go in the mountain at 2,000 meters of sea level. And in there, the temperature is constant at 11 degrees Celsius for the whole year long. Beautiful dark. Very dark. For the bottles. <laughs> yeah. High humidity. Yeah. And then at a certain point, the train stops. And then we made you walk in this slumpy, watery gallery. Yeah. To get nice. the place where we store uh, Epocale. Okay. Yeah. This, this is what we were coming to. So why? Why did you have this idea? The project started on the wine. 2009 oh, was the first vintage. Mm -hmm. And then we had this international spade laser style of Gewürztraminer that got lost in Altoaldige, although we had it in the Middle Age. Mm -hmm. We know that in the Middle Age, most of Gewürztraminer has been grown in, with a little bit of Rashidwe sugar for um, different reasons. Sugar back in the time was like gold. And on the other hand, also from the analogical part of view, it was not possible to make always the whole wine ferment till the end with the techniques of the times. And so we took this style from that epoch, that's why Epocale. And then it was uh, in our herf to show the potential of aging of Gewürztraminer. What we have seen on, on Nussbaum that ages very well. And we think sometimes it was underestimated because Gewürztraminer very often is seen as an easy, simply wine. But we would like to show the, the aging potential. So we were looking for a place where to age the bodies, basically and not having a good aging cellar in the winery. And then looking around, this mine came up. It's a closed mine used as a museum. And so we asked the permission to store wine. And then Epocale 2009, we kept them for several years and it was released in end of 2017. 
And then what happened? And then Something crazy happened, right? Epocale then, 2009, became the first Italian white wine to get uh, 100 points by Parker, rated by Monica Lana. Monica Lana. In 2018, though. And that obviously, for us, it changed a lot. For the company, obviously, for our growers, it helps us a lot to convince people even more to put efforts in the vineyards because they see that this is a good way to follow and, and obviously it was a great moment for us. Yeah, yeah. so it was the first um, Italian white wine ever to get um, 100 points from Robert Parker and I guess the first wine also outside of Tuscany and Piemonte. Yeah, you're right. It's the first wine Red or white outside yeah. Tuscany, Tuscany and Piemonte. So a huge achievement. And it was, like you said, a little bit unexpected. It was a surprise. Who the hell knew you were going to get a 100-point wine? And then now, how has it evolved since? We made 1,200 regular size as 075 okay, so, yeah, bottles. Yeah. With the timing of the tasting and the wine being under the snow, Monica collects the wines, at least back in the times, April, May. Mm -hmm. We still had the wine in the mind, so everything came out a year after. The 1,200 bottles were already gone yeah. when the rating came out. But oh, so you didn't have any bottles? Mm, not really. Oh my God, I didn't understand that. So the rating came out, 100 points, and that's usually when like the wine sales explode, but you, you were all sold out, basically. Yes. <laughs> But still, it was, uh, yeah, but still, it was amazing. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. First of all, today we had this lovely tasting of Epocale. They make very small production, as Wolfgang said in the beginning, 1,275 bottles. So the current release is 2015. 2015. So today uh, we had a vertical tasting of 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, 13 and 15. Now, 2014 is missing. Why is that? Uh, 2014 was uh, a very special vintage. It wasn't necessarily a bad vintage for everything. Obviously, it was a very difficult vintage for viticulture. Some labels became very good. Gewürztraminer came kind of different. 2014, we didn't have that much it was heat. Yeah, it was yeah, cool. It was cool. cool. Season. But back in the times, we said, let's bottle this wine and let's see what happens. It's not a huge amount of bottles. And so we brought it to the mine. We brought it last year to the winery uh, with the idea to sell it like maybe a little epocale or something. But we believe that the wine is uh, worth for more mm -hmm. than being a wine that didn't get to the goal. Right, right. So we said, bring it all back. We brought it back, right. and now we'll see in two, three, five, ten years. Well, we saw the 2014 vintage sitting in the mine still. We know that 15 is the current vintage, which will be in the market. He said, Why? are we going to taste the wine? And yeah. so, so we, yeah, we kind of pushed them to bring back a few bottles, and we had a tasting afterwards, and it was more like an aperitivo. So yeah. what did you think about the 2014? I think it's promising yeah. to get to see, to get the wine aged and stored that long. Obviously, it's, uh, it's leaner than, than the others. Mm -hmm. 
doesn't have the complexity of the others, but there are other parts we won't see on the classic Epocale, but we'll see. Yeah. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local food, and taking in the scenery. Now back to the show. So Wolfgang, you know, you have this incredible, huge, successful wine, but it's just one wine. What is your vision in terms of promoting or marketing or um, this wine? Because actually you don't have that many bottles. So it's almost like you don't need any marketing. So what do you do as the director? How do you want, um, how are you planning to allocate? Because I understand, like, first of all, what is the price of the wine? By the time, the natural shelf price will be about 150 euros. But with the last years, we have seen that the wine got his own move or his Yeah, own... so the second, there's a secondary market movement, right? Because yeah. there are few bottles and there's prestige linked to having or owning a bottle or drinking a bottle. So everybody wants it. So this naturally drives their price up. Yeah, so our plan is uh, it started in the very, very beginning uh, that we love to have this wine First of all, in the, in the restaurant, because we believe that that's the moment where the wine gets its best expression by poor professional sommelier with the right plate, with the right dish. It's the right moment spending time in the restaurant and not having the wine left in some, some cellars. That idea started from the very beginning. So we did an allocation on a, on a list of restaurants. And um, then we gave a kind of a right to rebuy the wine, the ones who started from the very beginning. Okay. And with the success the wine had and the request they had in the restaurant, basically those continued to rebuy. And a tiny amount of the balls end up for the retail mm-hmm. part of, of the market. And that would be like this. But we have two plots what we use uh, for Epocale, as we have seen today. Mm-hmm. And in the first vintages, a part of that wine still ended up in Nussbaume and still oh, does. Okay. All right. But from the 1,200 bottles with 2015 vintage, we are on 2,000, almost 2,500 bottles. And the next vintages, they will be between two and a half and 3,000 bottles, depending how much the vintage. So I have a question for you. So mo- most of our audience, I mean, most people, will never have a chance to get a hold of this bottle, right? Um, well, that's a fact, whether you like it or not, okay? So if they were um, to try to understand which one of your five, six wines that you produce, which is close to kind of give you an idea, the, the similarity of Epocal, I know it's original, okay? but something to kind of give you an idea, the look and feel of Epocale, which wine would you recommend for them to try? I would suggest to try generally our Gewürztraminers because the spice of the Gewürztraminer where we find in this area is different than in, in other areas, more on the floral part. Wolfgang, let's try this. We're in a blind tasting. Yeah. You have two Gewürztraminer, like benchmark, like good quality. Yeah. Good wine from good uh, winemakers. One is from Alsace, one is from Alto Adige. 
How can you tell the one from Alto Adige? 98% of the Alto Adige Gewürztamine is dry. Okay. It's not in, in Alsace. Okay. And with that, Alsace usually seems to be bigger body. They don't have these this peaks of freshness. A classic Gewürztamine from, from Alto Adige still have a beautiful ripe fruit. No bitter note in the end. We've tasted um, one, two, three, four, five, six um, epochale today. I felt like every single vintage was different. It had a different tasting profile, completely different one from the other, right? Of course, the nine was like, it was a fruit bomb. It was like, everything was like screaming, right? And then you get to the 15 and I feel like it's, Willie called it, I guess, elegant, more elegant and more fine but it was a little bit more muted for me, especially on, on the nose. He said to me, as I get older, I trust much more my palate than my, uh, my nose. What do you think about that? It was a process with, with, that we went through with, with uh, Epocale, yeah. starting with the first, that uh, I won't say by accident, but it's not that the wine stops to ferment just like the point we, we like. Mm -hmm. In the way we do it because we believe it's good to chill the wine it's not that we go in very harsh we chill a bit the wine and there's but do you do stop fermentation yeah but just by chilling a bit mm -hmm. and then every vintage starts or reacts different there are some they reacts they react very immediate and the fermentation slows down very immediate and stops and there are others they take longer and we believe this is this process, this natural process of stopping the fermentation by giving just a little hint, but having a natural balance. Mm -hmm. Obviously, um, after 2009, we thought it might be too much, so we started to chill a little bit later. Uh, because when the wine was young, the sugar was very present. It was very present on, on the palate. And on the end of the palate, it's not like when we taste 2009, there's a lot of fruit and flavors and spices going on. Every, so much going yeah. on still, even and now. And it's still vi vibrant. Yeah, it's very, very much alive. Yeah. When it was young, there was a lot of wine, but what stood was sugar. Mm -hmm. and, and that was, boy, was difficult. Right, right. And we, we didn't know that it will evolved that right. good. So that's why we it took a few vintages with a lower yield. And by the time of aging the wine in the mine, this sugar started to being transformed in power and, and elegance. And we already saw that here starts to a process that might get a beautiful result. So already then with 2013, we went back to more and more concentration, and especially then with 15, being teased Yeah, it's by more, more residual sugar yeah. uh, from, the, uh, from the 13, but we've which seen is this one right here. That in this the few wines, or few style of wines, where more sugar is not necessary mean more concentration mm -hmm. and less sugar is not necessarily more freshness as we have seen in the tasting 
the 2015 probably is the most vibrant of, of every every vintage we have seen. Although is on it has the high, datas, yeah, on the 55 data, grams. It's, it's more concentrated, yeah. but on the drinking palate, it's the most vibrant and the most elegant, and it's still young. It's a nose that is still very, very young. This wine has a beautiful, beautiful future. Yeah, aging potential. And right? aging potential, and and uh, will take the way in like 2009 that this sugar more and more we get balanced out and introduced in the wine and the power remains and, uh, and uh, harmony grows. So which one was your favorite today from today's tasting? From today's tasting, uh, 15 and 9. Mm -hmm. 2009 yeah. is the, the bigger wine, 2015 is a very important wine with vibrancy and finesse. finesse. Yeah. Listen, um, how many wines do you produce? How many labels do you have? Only 33. Yeah, only 33. So today uh, we only spoke about actually Geostarminer, but they make all sorts of wines, 33 to be exact, including one of my favorites, Scava, of course. He's not too crazy about Scava. But so we'll just have to come back. Thank you so much, Wolfgang, for having us today and taking us to the mine. It was an incredible experience. All right, Chin Chin Thank with you, Italian Stevie. wine people. Thank you very much. And I hope to see anyone of the audience here at Cantina Tarmin. We hope you enjoyed today's episode brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th, 2022 in Verona, Italy. Remember, tickets are on sale now. So for more information, please visit us at winetowine.net. I'm Joy Livingston, and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love, and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.